we become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit if she wished. Mine! It's with the ancestors! I'm yeah, sorry, drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh shit, you guys got coke here. Oh my god, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all feckin' boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing. You're all feckin' boring! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I know you are, but what am I? And my name is Colin Drucker, and can you say Adobe? <gasps> Wait a minute. Okay, first two things. I read my intro line wrong, and I'm... I'm mortified. So it's, I know you are, but who am I? Not what am I? Jesus Christ. I um, thought it is. I thought it was, I know you are, but is what am it? I? I know you are, but what am I? I thought yeah. it was what? Okay, maybe it I did. I think I wrote yeah. the line down wrong, but my brain knew the right line. Yeah. Your brain uh, did. Okay. Your brain was like that Grammarly, you know? Yes. I, I was exactly, those ads yeah. for Grammarly. I'm yeah. like that paperclip in Microsoft Word. <laughs> Yes, you're clippy. Yeah. yeah. Can I help? No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I. This is all to say that I. I didn't want to overshadow your line, made by. I couldn't believe it when she popped up. I was so thrilled, and something that I just forgot about. Jan Hooks. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <sighs> she has the meat, Jack. I completely forgot she was in this movie. Same. But when it when it happened, much like the rest of this movie, it was like. It was almost too much. I was it was like an overload of core memories to the extent where I was just like I was laughing and just like so overjoyed. Like and this movie flies by, but every scene that kept coming up, I was like, Oh my god, Jimmy Crack Corn and oh my yes! god, Large Marsh. Oh my yes! god, Simone. I was just like I couldn't believe it. It was I... too much. I know, I know. It's like Mr. Buxton shows up, and it's like, oh God, Mr. Buxton, yeah, please. I like, oh, I know this man. I grew yes. up with this man. <laughs> it was such a joy to watch. We, uh, it was perfect because uh, we were talking off mic, and I think I said it last week, maybe on the after show, but I am in Virginia this week, uh, Smith Mountain Lake, to be more specific. Our friend Kate's parents' lake house. It's gorgeous. Um, we're working remotely there, and um, so I told, um, and it's great. They have, like, an amazing VHS, like, catalog. Mm. Like, there's there's some that are in the living room, like, prominently displayed. Um, and by the way, Kate, uh, she was like, I listened to your Sleepless Seattle episode. She's like, and I could not agree more. So I just had to, <gasps> had to say that out loud, that it was, she's like, yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. Thank you. It so is. So I was like, she said, what are you doing this week? on your podcast and I said we're doing Pee-wee's Big Adventure and she's like I think we have that on VHS we should watch it so it was perfect we all oh. sat down and watched it it was like me Keon and Kate's brother Pete and Kate uh it was and we were laughing so hard like truly like belly laughing at like the insanity of this movie it is I mean I I don't I don't care if it's hyperbole this movie is a work of art this is a <laughs> yes, work I was of that art. Too. Oh, 
it's like just, a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. It is. And and you've said it, but but for anyone who's like, wait a minute, what are you guys talking about? What are you over talking here? about? Today? What are you talking about over here? We are talking about 1985's Pee-wee's Big Adventure, written and starring, let's just say it, Queen Paul Rubens. <sighs> Queen at the Westons this year, Paul Rubens. Absolutely. Rest, rest in Pee-wee. You know what? I don't know if we've ever had... He can certainly be a queen. Let me co-sign that. But mm-hmm. maybe something we add is maybe like a brief in memoriam. You know what I mean? The ladies oh. we've lost and the queens that we've lost. You know? Some, yeah. Some thoughtful music underneath that. I don't know. Just no. here. Now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the other deaths we're going to have to... I mean, do, do we still have Jane Howdy Shell? Have we lost Jane yet? No. She's still kicking. Yeah. She's still with us. Thank God. Yes. Oh. Well, but it's crazy. You know, this was I think we maybe had the idea maybe before his death. But I, I mean, I feel like a lot of podcasts. I feel like I don't know if it was Pop Culture Happy Hour or someone. Someone is talking about Pee Wee. And, and as you should, because this man, he paved. I mean, I'm sure there were many men before him and obviously many men after him. I feel like Paul Rubens walked so uh like ace ventura could run you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah i mean i think it's it's so like what's so interesting is i agree with you i feel like there is something about peewee that feels like a reference point and then in another way it feels completely on in its own category like i think you know elvira feels very similar to me like that elvira who is you know in this movie cassandra peterson is in this movie um and she and peewee were good friends and i think they kind of came up together in in you know their careers and i think of her the same way where it's like sure elvira the character of elvira it's it's the the template the character is based on like vampira like it's it's you know the boobs are nothing necessarily new but there's something so there is also something so singular about elvira and i feel the same way about peewee I mean, because I couldn't have guessed. We were trying to guess what year this movie was made. And I was like, I feel like it had to be in the 90s. But it was 85. And I was like, oh, man, wow. this!" Because I was born in 86. And, like, I sort of remember Pee-wee's Playhouse. Like, we had Pee-wee's Playhouse or, like, Pee-wee dolls and toys and stuff like that. But I do remember this movie being terrifying as a kid. Like, there's so many. Because it's Tim Burton, too. It's just, like, mm-hmm. all of these. It's the perfect storm of, like, camp and like a little bit of horror and like wackiness all in one movie. It's, I mean, it's a great example. I think, you know, we think about like Pixar movies and the way that they like cater to like the parents and the kids at the theater. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, adults get the humor or get the emotions in a certain way and the kids get the movie in a different way. And I think Pee Wee's Big Adventure, it like does the same thing, but it's like the dial is, is is a little bit more in the direction of the parents. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's almost, a, I was watching this because, you know, my brother used to watch this obsessively when we were kids and I was watching this through that lens of like, you know, w- would I want my kids to be watching this movie? Yes, absolutely. I want this to be like in their fucking bones. If I ever had kids, you know, Mark yes. watched a little of it with me. I think that yeah. counts. Um, but I recognize that like, you know, large marge alone but certainly a lot of other scenes it's like ooh, this is a little like you know this is a this is some some you know child trauma here in the making but i think you take the roses and the thorns you know what i mean because i'd rather be traumatized by this movie but also like know who simone is at a young age oh my gosh and like 
I mean, I know we're going to talk about everything in this movie, too, but I just, like, to start with Paul Rubens, like, the man does not leave any stone unturned. He fills every moment of this movie with something silly or funny or stupid. Like, just him, mm-hmm. like, brushing his, you know, like, pouring the toothpaste and just, like, he's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> just like that. was that, good. That, that, like, good. singing, it is so funny. And, like, it, it's the, it doesn't seem... Like, it just feels like something Pee-wee would do. Uh, it is mm-hmm. just... I, I'm, like, in awe of him at the same time because... And, like, the the levels of, like, when he talks to Dottie versus, like, when he's just, like, really happy and just kind of going through life. Like, he's like, Daddy. But, and then there's, like, la, 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 la. The, all those levels of... I just... It's such a shame that we lost him. I feel at, like, an early age. And it's just, like... But, you know, isn't that always the case? You never truly appreciate someone until they're gone. But I I just think he is a genius. It's, I mean, it, it, I agree with you. The voices, like the constant, like in some ways it's like, it's a scoop of Andy Kaufman. It's like a scoop of like Sandy Dennis and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in terms of like always doing something. And then there's even like a Lisa Kudrow as Valerie Cherish quality where it's like, no moment is wasted and there can be multiple like beats being played at once you know like i think of the scene where like Dottie's trying to get him to ask her out and there's like these little moments where he'll kind of like slyly look to the side like you know that he's kind of like you know being elusive on purpose and and he just like plays that in like a micro moment or when he walks out of the bike shop and he kind of starts laughing to himself it's like he just uses every little moment and it never gets annoying. It never gets old. It's, it is so, and, and yeah, it has like a childlike quality and then it has these like kind of adult moments where it's like similar to like Lisa Kudrow's Valerie Cherish. There is Valerie and then there's Val where you see kind of like, oh, there's this side of the character. And I, I love that. It's, yeah, it is a, it is a totally just committed, brilliant performance. And, he's he's a genius he's just a genius and i i just i just love him (laughs) i really do i i couldn't believe how much i i knew i would have a good time but i didn't know that i would have this good of a time watching this movie and it had been forever like i feel i truly feel like i've only seen it when i was a kid and never went back to revisit it but there's there's just so much i mean Talk about an opening sequence that unlocked so many core memories and like how like the breakfasts being made and like how someone probably built that. Mm hmm. Yeah, right. Like that's all like, you know, there's been all the talk about with the Barbie movie, like, oh, the practical sets. And it's like, look at this. Look at this. I feel like um, am I and I haven't seen this movie in a million years, but am I misremembering that the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids has a similar opening? Yes, because I brought that up with Kate and and everyone here in Virginia. I was like, wait, is that... I thought I was getting it confused. And Kate was like, no, it's in this movie too. And like better, I think. And maybe Mm. the one in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is more sophisticated. But it's still the same thing, like eggs rolling down. But Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, there's pancakes being flipped. There's eggs being cooked, toast being made. I'd say this is pretty sophisticated. Yeah, and now I'm wondering, like, I feel like there's a little bit of this in House Arrest. You know, they made those disgusting, sure. like, peanut butter oh. cereal balls, lest we forget. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, this is incredible. And not a moment too soon, because we hear it from the beginning, but Danny Elfman's score needs <gasps> to be recognized. I mean, 
practically its own character. I I forgot about like that. Dun, 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 dun. It's it is like the life. It is it's it's the heart of this movie in many ways. Yeah. Oh, I. Like, again, I am, I do not care about hyperbole, not at this late stage of my life, not as the, (laughs) not as the, the dormers are closing and the gates are shutting on this mortal coil. I don't know why I'm acting like a Deborah Winger at the end of Terms of Endearment, (laughs) but, uh, you know, if the good Lord should see fit, I should walk another day. I'd still stand by this opinion. One of the great movie scores of the 20th century. I just, it is, and, and it's his first movie score. No way. Yeah. He was in this band Oingo Boingo before this, but it'd been like a real <laughs> like Boingo. Oingo Boingo, but it'd been this in this like this real kind of like film score buff. And so like there's definitely elements of this that are like referential to like Bernard Herman's score and psycho, but it's yeah. all just oh my god, this score is incredible. I just like I was listening to it before we we got on, you know, to record today because I was just like, oh my god. This is yeah. also a work of art. I just, oh my goodness. I just, I, I can't love this movie enough. I know. I can't imagine anyone else doing this score either too. It, it's just like, a, it's it fits like a glove and adds to every moment. Like the nightmare, like all the dream sequences, but just even at the beginning too. And like, you're right. It's, it is perfect. I can't believe this is, this is his first score. That is yeah. really exciting. Yeah, yeah, I just thought that was so cool. And so then he was, like, I think resistant to do it, and, like, Tim Burton just, like, really encouraged him to take it. And then look what we got. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, it, yeah, you know, to, to quote Kate Beckinsale in Pearl Harbor, and then all this happened. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's funny. Like, I think of, like, um, you know, Jennifer Coolidge not wanting to do White Lotus and someone convincing her. To think of, like, all the art that we might not have seen it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Or like people who, you know, uh, were cast in something last minute because like somebody else dropped out. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like things like that where it's like, oh, we would have never had so-and-so. Yes. Exactly. Um, well, you know, Pee-wee's Big Adventure uh, is indeed, as you said, it flies by and it is the story in and of itself is that Pee-wee's bike gets stolen one day and he goes on a big adventure to find it. And that's all the plot I needed. Honestly, yeah. Man loses bike, finds bike by traveling the country, or at least going to Texas at the very least. Yeah. Well, I read in the trivia, because this was uh, co-written by Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman also, yes. you know, rest in peace, but that they had never written. And I, this other guy, Michael, Var, Michael Varhol. So, you know, IMDB wants me to credit him. So I will, <clears throat> but, um, they had apparently never written a screenplay before. And so they just like followed this, this book to a T on how to like write a screenplay. And it kind of became this like perfect example because it's 90 minutes. It's three acts. Each act lasts 30 minutes. Like it just yeah. is a perfect example of the formula um, another kind of interesting version of this. I, granted, I know you don't. You hate Rosemary's Baby, of course. We all know this. Longtime <laughs> listeners of the true. podcast it's know true. you hate Rosemary's Baby. But Roman Polanski had never written a screenplay before, so he, so his adaptation of Ira Levin's book it was like incredibly faithful because he didn't know you couldn't, you know, straight uh, from the path. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's it's an incredible adaptation of the book because it's like wow, this this is you know, pretty one for one. Um, 
so yeah, so this is kind of like, you know, a first-time screenplay, a first-time score, you know, early in Tim Burton's career. Like, it's it's incredible how, like, accomplished this is for something that's, like, not full of, you know, movie veterans. Yeah, it makes me love it even more because I feel like I love a good, like, scrappy underdog of a movie made by just people who wanted to make ultimately something so silly and so campy and succeed in such a great way. Yeah. It, I, it kind of gives me like everything everywhere all at once vibes. Yeah. It's like, you know, what if we put your mom in the matrix. I feel like that's yeah. in the, their acceptance speech. Yes. And it's like, and, and that's a movie that I would say feels like, you know, we could say, Oh yeah, there's the matrix or there's, you know, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. But like in other ways, like everything ever all at once is like its own its own beast i feel like that's yep there's some movies where it's just like there's just you know nothing else nothing else quite like it uh, that's true you could say that again yeah so how do you how do you want to talk about this where do you want to go well, you know you know we're of course here to to sing the praises of the b s a s and I feel like it's a journey, and so we kind of come across them as we go yeah, I feel true. like we can i mean i don't know if francis would ever be like a bsa for me but like the character of francis the like energy of francis francis in that bathtub i mean oh. indelible memories oh yeah it's my birthday and my dad said i could have anything i want i mean they truly are two kids arguing at like out in front of peewee's house mm-hmm yeah it's i mean and that's like the, that weird thing where i had to just like let it go of like is Pee-wee a kid? Is he an adult? And it's like, nope, don't worry about that. Don't. Yeah. Like how does he not make what, money? Who knows? Who doesn't cares? matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, who I'd love to really start with is uh, let's start with Dottie. Let's, you know, <sighs> let's start with Elizabeth T Daly, who I think also goes as E.G. Daly as Paul, Paul, Pee-wee's <laughs> somewhat love interest and uh, trusty bike mechanic. I can't say her name any other way besides daddy. It's just like, it, mm -hmm. I can't. And it's, I mean, the true love story in this movie is Pee-wee and his bike. It's not Pee-wee and Dottie. And Dottie tries her darndest to sort of make it happen and it's it's so interesting to look at Pee Wee through like a queer lens because I feel like he's just like asexual or maybe pansexual. Like I don't I, I don't know what he's attracted to or if he even ultimately wants a partner. But she she wants to be his partner. That's made clear. It is a really interesting. I mean, like should we ever do this movie in All Right, Mary? That would obviously be yeah. like the lens of like oh Pee Wee is so like not looking for a girlfriend and i mean we can talk about mickey whenever but it's all in the mickey scenes mickey, you know yes absolutely mickey so it's like it, we'll an interesting comparison of like he is i mean i think for so especially for so many of us like when we were like little closeted gays and if a if a girl had a crush on us and had terrible gaydar we had to pull a peewee we had to be like oh yeah sorry i'm busy Ugh. Dottie, you know, sorry, yeah. Jessica, you know, and then you just I'm have a lone to like wolf. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a loner, Jessica. I'm a yes. rebel. I went to school with a lot of Jessicas, you know. Of course, of course. Yeah. Nicole's, you know. Oh yeah, but but Dottie and her, like, especially she has such 1985 energy too. It's like yeah. I don't know if she went on to do 
many more things other than this movie but it's just like i love her energy in the movie i think she's like just there to support peewee no matter what i love that she works at the bike shop i love that she has a little bit of a raspy voice and her name is dotty she's such a sweetie well it's funny you should ask like what has she done since this movie because she is a like prolific voice actress she oh that makes sense yeah she's been in a bunch of movies as well but she uh is the voice for example of tommy pickles in rugrats oh yeah wow okay go on she was the voice of babe fa la la the pig yeah yes yes um she was in happy feet she uh, you know her voice anyway um yeah, no, she's, I mean, she has like 230, you know, credits. But yeah, she's been oh, in wow. Rugrats and Powerpuff Girls and Recess and, um, you know, yeah, she, uh, so she's had a, I mean, that voice has, I probably paid for a couple of houses. Oh, I'm, and then some. Now, were you a Rugrats fan? Like a, a like an OG Nickelodeon Doug slash Rugrats? Absolutely. That was the peanut butter and jelly was Doug and Rugrats, which yep. was crazy because they were, they were similar in some ways. I feel like they both kind of had like the like there were some jokes that the kids didn't understand. But I and I would imagine it was the same for you. I deeply identified with Doug. Funny. For sure. Yeah. He's he's the everyday sort of average guy who's just trying to get by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Doug funny. Oh, I love him. Doug uh funny. Yeah. So yeah. So so Elizabeth Daly, uh, fabulous. Just yes. Um, but and and it's like when I was like rewatching this, I was like, well, I remember that there's like because you know I have to think of like who are the women, who are the who are the BSAs, and it was like I remember Dottie, and I knew that Simone was coming, but I feel like in terms of of like BSAs that we meet, this is this is potentially like a featured ensemble, but. Pee-wee's bike gets stolen and he goes through that great crisis that sort of, you know, psycho score, you know, uh, psych- that psycho score inspired scene where he sees all those other people on the bikes riding by and, and he's just, you know, yes, uh, feeling the blues. And then he goes to the police station and he meets with Sergeant Hunter. Yes. And she's in the movie for, I don't know, and her and she's played by. Um, oh, I had it in front of me. Hold on. I'm going to. Oh, she's played by Starletta Dupois, who I don't know, Ooh, but like, what a like name. Sounds like a drag name, yes. I know, I'm, I'm clicking on her right now. She gives me almost like Maria on Sesame Street energy. She's yes. so sweet. She's like, you know what I would do? I would retrace my steps. I just, I <laughs> yes. just loved her. I just swooned she for her. As she says it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she was a real sweetie. She's a real sweetie, Dottie. So yeah, because um, most of the times they're just like hit the road, man. If it was right. a man, he would have said that to him. Yeah. Right, and instead, I love that he got like friendly Sergeant Hunter, and you know, I'm looking through her filmography just in case we'd ever talked about her. She was ever in Jag. She was in one episode of Chicago Hope. I don't know if that rings a bell to you, but... Um, <laughs> it does not. More oh. like Chicago. Nope. Chicago, nope. Uh, yeah. Oh, she was in two episodes of Knott's Landing, so maybe you know that. All right. Okay. I love All Knott's right. Landing. You love Knott's Landing. You love a <laughs> night soap. Yeah. Yes. Uh, is she still with us? Yes, thank God. So okay. anyway, I just needed to... like As I was watching this, I was like, am I going to take a note about Sergeant Hunter? And I was like, yes. You I betcha. I love Sergeant Hunter. Yeah, she was great. 
Yeah. Um, well, then, oh, and I think that's when she's like, you know, she suggests something like, oh, you know, who, is there any you, you could think of who, you know, might want to take it? And then Pee Wee goes, For, how does he do it? He goes, Francis! Francis! <laughs> so good. <laughs> and then the I music's can't. like, dun, 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 dun. Oh. It's so satisfying. Um, and the way yes. the music goes along with him knocking on the door, I always think <gasps> of that detail, yes. you know? I, I agree that the knocking in rhythm, there was like a little, there was like a couple bars there that he had to sort of memorize. I loved it. And then like yeah. the fake out of the hand. Yes. Pounding. Ugh. Ugh. I when I love when, when the butler tells him that Francis is having his bath, I was just so satisfied by the joke of like, oh, really? Where are they hosing him down? <laughs> it was such like a reading challenge on Drag Race. <laughs> I know. Ugh. It's so funny, the two of them. And I just like wonder, like, what's the fan fiction before this movie started? Like, did they go to school together? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, you know, we've seen enough like 80s and 90s like kid movies where it's like, you know, Francis, I mean, it's played by an adult here, but it's like, oh, I know who this kid is. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, he's the worst. If it was, yeah, if it was 1994, he might be in Little Giants, you know? Of course. Oh, God, yeah. Little Giants is so good. One day that's we're going to... That's a contender, gonna, yeah. That's we're a day, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, because, you know, I don't know, I should mention this now in case anybody forgot, but we are... Uh, in the midst, you know, I should say this 25 minutes in, we're in the midst of family movie month, which I have to say I think is going incredibly well. I know. And, we need to keep up the momentum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, you know, last week we did Dennis the Menace. And this week, you know, we kind of decided like, oh, well, given the loss of Paul Rubens, let's do Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's perfect. And so I just have to say, like, you know, this this could be one of our finest months. I know it truly is so exciting. Like, I I've had just as much joy watching this as I did Dennis the Menace. So I I think we could keep it up. Yeah, I like if if for some reason Family Movie Month extends into September for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so be it. So be it. You know who's gonna stop me? Who's gonna stop me? Not me. I didn't think so. Not you're over there in Smith Valley Lake. You're not coming. Not going to stop me. You know, it's been an earworm in my life forever. Uh, that once Pee Wee holds the meeting in the basement, and he <gasps> just—it's it, a performance. Uh, it, it's an absolute. It's a Beatrice Strait and Network performance. <laughs> um, truly side by side. <laughs> But the way that he says, and knitting, and knitting, and knitting, and knitting. Like, I just, I will never, I will never not hear that. I've I've known that as if it were the first words I ever spoke. It's such, I mean, that was also another pivotal moment. And like those, the, the group of like young boys dressed as like motocross. The BMX I don't know what kids, they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And like one of them is like really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. has like the one line to Pee Wee, but they're all there. Like everyone in like the community that we've met so far, minus Francis, I guess, is there. And it just it feels like it would be hot down there. Got to get some. Air. Oh, I always think about how hot it must be down there. That even yeah. as a kid, I was like aware of how like heavy and hot it was down there. Uh, but it's so good. He's so committed. He's so committed. I just love it. I just I love that. I mean, he's such. I love. 
I love his drama. I love earlier when he discovers his bike is stolen and then he goes back into the bike shop and he honks the horn and falls. Like, I just love, he's, <laughs> yes. he's like Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford. Like, it's just, it's so insane. Uh, it is truly magnificent. Yes. The physical yeah. comedy that he is able to accomplish in this movie is perfect. Yeah, I mean, like, then it's like, you know, I mean, talk about, like, scary scenes. Then we get to the scene where he's, he's like, the, you know, the guy on the street in the rain huddled over, and he's, like, like his big silhouette in the background. Yes, and, and he hisses. And he's just, yeah, and he, yeah, and he hisses. <laughs> right, right. And I just, like, I remember that scene scaring me. I remember just, like, that setup being of like, course. And Madam Ruby's always gave me the spooks. Oh, yeah. I mean... I remember, like, she's, she's not, I don't even know, like, she's no, she's not that, like, that police officer that you gave, that you mentioned earlier, too, but, sure. like, she's, Sergeant Hunter, she's yeah. worth mentioning, too, and, like, you know, she's a, she's somewhat of a hack, you know, she has the crystal ball that she turns on, and she's looking through his wallet, which is funny, because later he says, like, my wallet's gone, and I'm assuming, because mm-hmm. Madame Ruby never gave it back, which I think is terrible, but, or maybe it's just, you know, a, a throwaway line that I'm thinking too much about, but, yeah, I mean, she sees the bike because there's a, the pictures of him and his bike in the wallet. And uh, and then she looks out the window in one of those classic moments of like, it's very much like, uh, my name, Doubtfire, you know, yes! one of those moments. Yes. Yes. I was just going to say it was very much a Mrs. Doubtfire moment where, yes. and I had forgotten this, that it was Madame Ruby who gets him to go on the trip to the Alamo and tells him, yes. yeah, that your bike's in the, I, like as a kid, not because the thing is watching this as a kid, the movie it's not that it's like disjointed, but like if you're not like if you don't have like the narrative brain, it's just a series of like insane scenarios. Oh, yeah, because we were even talking about as we were watching and like, how the heck does he get back home? We like couldn't remember. And really, it's not ever said like I think he just goes back like all of a sudden it just like cuts to him back like at home or something like that. I can't remember how, but um yeah, yeah, I feel like the the that. next scene is him like hitchhiking. It's just like yeah. the next scene. Yeah. Um and and so I I just love like the montage of him hitchhiking and he, you know, puts on the big fat thumb and he gets really kind of tired and one of the shots is him like laying on the side of the road like roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> we laughed really hard at that one. <laughs> it is so stupid and so necessary. I don't know how to describe it so genius to think of like oh here's how to take that joke even further it's just so great um and and then thank god we get mickey he's so hot he is so so hot. hot played by judd omen and i feel like in my mind i always thought it was jimmy smith's very much a jimmy smith's energy yes i'll go with that yeah, and I'm like looking at his filmography and I'm like, I don't I don't know this man. I don't I've never seen this man before, but he is so hot. He is just I, I think a a root for me maybe as a gay man. Honestly, yeah, there were some feelings there and some I don't know what it meant when I was younger, but like honestly, I think I find him hotter when he has the mustache on and the button, the top button buttoned. Oh, but like you something love that. Changed here. Yeah, something like, oh my gosh. And then we get into Pee Wee Drag, which oh is Oh my just, God. So oh, genius. That coat, that that coat, coat. the wig. And it happens so quickly that it's like, it's so funny. It's so funny. And I love how like, 
Pee-wee is loving it. Like he's not uncomfortable. He's having it's like it's like what RuPaul talks about, where like something gets activated in drag. Pee-wee comes to life. He gets to step out of the car and show off that cute little jacket. <laughs> he is having the best time in drag. Yeah, almost overly committed. You know, he it's like yeah. he's so close to even like kissing Mickey on the cheek. In my mind it happens, but I don't think it does. I don't know. No, I wish. But yeah. When they continue on and they, you know, and they drive away and Mickey takes, unfortunately takes off the mustache and the glasses and, you know, unbuttons the top button. Then he looks at Pee-wee and and Pee-wee's still in drag and like gives Pee-wee that look. And I was like, that never registered to me as a kid. And as an adult, I have so many feelings. I know. Oh, God. He's like, oh, I think I kind of like this. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It has this kind of like old film noir feeling where like a guy on the run and he picks up this, you know, girl along the way and he's not sure if he can trust her, but she gets him out of trouble. And then it's like, oh, maybe this dame might be good for me. Like it has like a little bit of that energy, but it also like there's there's the look that he gives Pee Wee. There's and I know this is a cliche, but there's the fact that he just got out of prison. And when Pee Wee asks him about be, like being in prison, like what's it like being in prison? One of the things Mickey tells him is you get to take long showers. Oh wow! I never even put that together. Yeah, I I mean this was the first time I'd heard that, and it was like oh. Okay, I love this. Like, I just love this. Because, again, as a kid, none of this registers. It is so layered in there. But it's it's just, it's so smart. And I I just, I, I love it. And it doesn't feel like any sort of gay panic or any kind of like, oh, you know, don't drop the soap. There's something kind of lovely about it. I kind of want them to be together. I know. He's like, look, I like it, kid. But then he, like, eventually says, like, but you got to go. Ugh. Yeah, maybe that was the thing. You know, it was like, listen, you're, you know, I got too many feelings for you. I just can't, you know, because you know, before what happens, of course, is that Mickey's, you know, sleeping and and Pee Wee's driving, and um, you know, the the road is getting increasingly curvier at night, and there's just kind of an energy of like, I kept waiting for Mickey's head to kind of fall on Pee Wee's shoulder. Like there was just this, this like accidental cuddling moment that I was waiting to happen, and then they drive off a cliff. And oh, I know, you know, it was just uh, it was too much for Mickey. Yeah. And they magically land because the, you know, the the back of the convertible or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 I, I do have to say just rewinding back like a smidge is when Pee Wee has to drive like just for like maybe 30 seconds while he does. I don't know what Mickey is doing or whatever, but even when he's like has his hand on the wheel. It's 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 my favorite sort of like la 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 la. Oh yeah. Like he just yeah. fills that gap when he doesn't have to. I was just like I just love this man. But yeah, anyway, they the car crashes. They're safe. Yes. Mickey drives off and and leaves Pee-wee in the middle of the desert. And of course, I mean another like moment that terrified me as a kid was you know when you just see his eyes in the dark and then he turns on the light and he's just like surrounded by 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 animals. Oh, I know. Such a weird sort of choice. But I was like, yeah, this part. And some of the animals were real, but most of them weren't. It's, it's Right. You could have easily been like they could have cut that like so quickly. But it's it, I love it. I, and I love that a lot of them are fake because it's just like it's part of the like the dumb joy of this. I'm like, of course. Like and yeah. I also look at it as like the imagination of Pee Wee. It's like he would 
you know, this would be what he would imagine happening when he turned on the light, you know? Oh, of course. Yes. In the mind of Pee Wee. Yeah. But it's scary. All the same. And speaking of scary, this is when he gets picked up by Large Marge. <sighs> Truly the most terrifying, most Tim Burton-y moment of this movie, I think. Yeah. I uh, So Large Marge is played by Alice Nunn. Um and she's she's passed away. But apparently Pee Wee told her or Paul Rubens told her he was like, whatever happens with this movie, the character everyone's going to remember is Large Marge. And <gasps> and it was of course, it's true. She's in the movie for like 90 seconds. And wow. she tells that story. I mean, the face again, terrifying as a child. Absolutely terrifying. Ugh. But like indelible i i think you know tell them large marge senya is you could put that on a t-shirt and everyone would know what you're talking about oh of course i mean i also love that when i read about alice gunn that she was never married but she had a longtime companion named martha harris <gasps> so i love that she's you know possibly in the queer community to some extent i love that oh i mean alice gives me big wonderful lesbian energy that yes that pleases me oh i think we should i think you know she's a seat at the table as far as i'm concerned oh uh, obviously yes yeah indelible i mean and i just like the 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 quote just like the even like taking out of context i just love the expression tell them large marge sent you i just i love that i think that is yes put that on a tote bag i need to put that on a tote bag Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it would sell out immediately. I feel like it could be on anything and people would know the reference and appreciate it, too. Yeah. <laughs> it should yeah. be, if we really went, if it was on a mug, it should be like normal Alice gun. And then like when you pour like the <gasps> tea or the coffee, it turns into the other one. The face. Yes. The, oh, the eyes yes. bulge out. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> oh. So, and I think, so he, so Pee Wee then, she drops him off at the bar and, uh, that's where I'm like that's trying to remember. Simone. That's, that's right. That's where we meet Simone because she is the waitress at the, this little dinosaur themed, you know, pit stop diner. Yes. And I love her. I just like, I think. You know, her whole thing is, like, she wants to go to Paris, and she has this, like, oh, my gosh, total, like, he looks like, I don't know, maybe I'm imagining this wrong, but, like, the sort of bad guy in, like, the Popeye cartoons, you know what I mean? Yes. Like Brutus, is that his name? I don't know. I, I don't know, know what you're he... talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he does. And she's yeah. dreaming of Andy. another life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. But, you know, they have a really lovely moment, and, like, she... You know, they they sort of go off and they she he's because he he can't pay. So he has to wash dishes, which is great. And, you know, she's like, well, take a walk with me. And they sit in the mouth of this dinosaur. And, you know, Andy spots them from afar and he grabs that bone. I was like, our, our Kate was like, doesn't doesn't he chase him around with a bone? We were all like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It so it's just like all of this being put together was so wild. When when Andy's chasing him and when Andy falls, it was so funny. Like it's like I love watching people fall down <laughs> yes. and the way yeah, he we laugh falls. Yeah, we laugh hard too. Uh, um, Simone reminds me of, and I like thinking of her as a variation of Eileen Brennan's character in the Last Picture Show. 
Remember her, the oh. diner waitress? Oh yeah, the diner waitress. Yes, yes, yes. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I just watched this this video um, on YouTube all about Cloris Leachman, and so they talked about the last picture show, and it was like, oh yeah, that movie. I loved that movie. That movie was so good. It was good. Uh, yeah, that the, was one of the. I don't want to say mm-hmm. one of the few, one of the many like best supporting like Oscar performances that we were covering that like really surprised me and had such great talent. Yeah, yeah, and just there was you know there was Cloris, there was Ellen Burstyn, there was Eileen Brennan, there was uh, Sybil Shepherd, there was Ben Johnson. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, that movie was incredible. That ending, Jesus Maria. Ugh, yeah, great movie. Um, but yes, Simone. I mean, so fun. So Simone, yes. Uh, Andy ends up uh, chasing Pee-wee away and, you know, Pee-wee jumps onto that train and that is, I had completely forgotten about uh, Hobo Jack. <laughs> oh my God. Cause I was the one to call it. Cause once like the, tr- once I saw the train, I was like, guys, it's time for Jimmy Cradcorn. And we were all like, wow. Yeah. I mean, this is, he's practically my BSA the whole movie. I laughed. We all laughed so hard because it's funny because he's crazy, but it's also funny because he outweirds Pee Wee Herman. You know what I mean? Yes. Like he's out like the energy and like the positivity. And he's probably just like some drunk hobo on a train. But they start singing every song and like the Stephen Foster songbook. You know what I mean? Just those mm-hmm. old timey. I mean, but Jimmy Crackhorn was the one that just sent me flying because the way that Pee Wee is just like staring to his side. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't right. want to sing anymore. And he's like, and I don't care. It's so good. You're so right. He's like one of the only characters to outweird Pee Wee. It's yeah. really, it's so funny. Well, you you may appreciate this. Uh, he plays old man in bar in The Wedding Singer. <gasps> the of actor. Of course he does. Carmen Philpy. Yeah. Oh, he's great in The Wedding Singer. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love yeah. that connection. Because we almost did the wedding singer for Romantic Comedy Month, we did. and we so did. we would have, he he and Amy Sackisitz could have been like competing for like most oh talked about gosh. on this podcast. I, I know. know, I know. Um, huh. Well, unfortunately, he passed away in two thousand three. So oh, um, God bless him. What are you gonna do? Here what comes Marco do? to walk all over my desk in a minute. I can feel. Oh, I can feel him coming. Here he comes. Here comes the beat. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so Pee-wee is fully outweirded and leaps off the train and essentially ends up more or less in San Antonio. Yeah, which is perfect. Drop it. Sorry, I have to make room for Marco to lay directly in yeah, front sure. of me. Um, and so he finally gets to the Alamo uh, where we meet. I, I, what a joy. Jan Hooks as the Alamo tour guide, Tina. <laughs> Who apparently, Jan Hooks improvised all of her lines. No way. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I just, ah, she is so great. You know, the way that she's like, you know, uh, given the tour of the, and, you know, uh, of, the, of this pot that she's real proud of. It's all, it's all dried and glazed or painted and glazed. <laughs> yes. I, I love that even more. Like I would I would want to go back and watch that section only of this movie just now now knowing that because it truly is it feels scripted. She's one of those actresses that she almost has to be from the South because her southern accent is just so perfect and so charming. I 
I mean, can you say, can you say Adobe? Oh. <laughs> Do we have any Mexican American here guests here today? Like yes. she, she's just so, let's see, where is she from originally? Will it tell me? Um, I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out where That's... Jan Hooks is from. Well, you're right. She was born in Decatur, Georgia. Of course she was. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it comes so easy to her. And I just, I can do, I can, I could listen to her all day, be that character. And I was just so excited to see her. Yeah, I was too. I just, I, it was, it was the, the greatest surprise. And of course we are big fans. She is one of the moms of 30 Rock. She plays Verna. Yes. So we have queened out on her at least once before. I don't think we've talked about her. I feel like we probably had this conversation when we talked about her in that episode, but I don't think we've ever talked about her otherwise, other than right now. Yeah. Happy to see her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So she, of course, reveals, you know, the great reveal that there's no basement in the Alamo. And um, and once again, it's a very small role. She's in this movie for like two minutes. And, uh, I, you know, look for her That's at the Westons, maybe. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, of course. I mean, we'll, we will honor her anytime we get yeah. the chance to. Uh, oh, you know what? I wrote this down, and now I'm remembering. There's a small micro moment where while she's giving her tour, she takes her gum out of her mouth. Oh, and my God. I didn't even notice. It's Yeah, and so especially knowing that this is all improvised, it's like, oh, I love that. I love the choice <laughs> to, like— add in the might the, the action of like realizing your gums in your mouth like too late like oh i was supposed to take yep. this out before i started the tour i think that's so smart she's a genius yeah i love her so much well then peewee you know uh disheartened goes goes to the bus station and we get to see simone again uh living her dreams of course you know when she says that she's on her way to paris i was like is the joke going to be that she's paris, going texas? to paris texas yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, not not Simone. Um, oh, that would be really funny. Yeah, I love. I do really love Pee Wee and Simone's relationship because it's yeah. not it's not a love connection. It's very much just like it's not even like oh, I'm gonna be your new little best friend. It's kind of like she's like a lonely person who just like found like a, a friendly energy. Like it's it's like a really unique relationship they have. Yeah, I love the line of. Um... Her saying like, oh, Pee-wee, I've just been waiting for someone like you to come come along and tell me, you know, sometimes we just need permission to go follow our dreams. And Pee-wee's like, you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Simone. I can't, I yeah. can't do Pee-wee. Oh, my God. It's hard. It's, it's so hard. hard. Yeah. But, you know, so she, of course, her bus arrives and uh, and she's terrible. She hates goodbyes. So she prefers au revoir. And so... When, you know, when she leans out the window and goes, au revoir, Pee-wee, and he goes, au revoir, Simone, there is a band called Au revoir, Simone that I really like, and it's in reference no to that line. Way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's such a – it's like such a long setup for that one line, but so worth it. It's so worth it, and that's another one of those lines. Like, tell them Large Marge sent you. Au revoir, Simone, is like I – I love having that just like in the back pocket to use out of context. Oh, Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mm. do like Simone a lot. I like their moment in in the mouth of the dinosaur. Like, do you ever have dreams like that? Yeah. It's kind of, that's a scene you would not expect in a family movie. Like, that's a very much like, and the way that it's filmed and it's very dark and you can't really see their faces. And, and if we put the context of the last picture show on it, it's like, you think about it, 
it's also Texas. You know what I mean? It's also like the middle of nowhere. She's a middle of nowhere diner waitress in Texas. Like it's, you know, it, it, out of the context of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, like Simone's life is is pretty grim. And so I love that yeah. they, we kind of get a glimpse of that, but we get a glimpse of that in the mouth of a dinosaur, you know? Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, and so I, another line that I just have to like mention because it's also been an earworm forever is Pee Wee calls Dottie and, uh, you know, to uh, most importantly, ask her to send him a, a bus ticket, but she puts his dog Speck on the phone oh. and I, I love Speck. Yes. And, the way that Pee-wee talks to Speck and the way he's like, I, 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 I know, I know. Like that has lived in the folds of my brain for the better part of 38 years. <laughs> it's so perfect. I, and I don't, I, it feels improv or improvised. Like it's, it adds to everything. It just, it's the perfect example of him just taking it to a level of, I, no one made him do that or no one told him to do that. Yes. No, I love it. Ugh. Great phone acting. Just great phone yeah. acting. Uh, well, eventually, so I think the next stop on his adventure is uh, the biker bar. Oh, yeah. I mean, one last thing. I'm sorry I keep rewinding. But no, I please. But I love when he's calling Simone and he tells her that he's in Texas. Oh, yeah. And she's like, you are? I don't believe you. He's like, no, listen. He's like, the stars at night are big and bright. Da, 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 da. And then everyone sings. It was so funny. Oh, I uh, love that. Yeah. Because I guess the heart of Texas. Yeah. I, is that when he, because I think before, maybe before he gets to the biker bar, that's when he, like, I think maybe Andy finds him again and then he disguises himself as a rodeo, uh, like bull rider. And then he gets like, oh, yeah. and then he gets plucked to ride the bull. That's what happens. Yeah, next. that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, cause there's uh, another, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. There's another moment where he says, I'm trying to use the phone, but I don't know if that's to the bikers. I can't remember. Or maybe it's in the Texas phone booth. These are just lines that I really liked and have no real purpose of what we're talking about. Yeah, that one. Um, so that's when he gets to the biker bar. And okay. that's where Cassandra so Peterson. That. Yes. Yeah. So that's where Cassandra Peterson shows up as the biker mama who's like, you know, let me have him because he like yep. yells at all of them to shut up. Well, I'm trying to use the phone. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Uh, and so they're all going to kill him. The, of course, the infamous scene. Yeah, right. The, yes. His much. last request is to do the tequila dance. And it's just, our friend Kate was like, "Can you the, just the idea of like, he's about to be like murdered by a bunch of bikers. And the one song that he requests is tequila to kind of like win them over. Like, how is that even like written in a script? It's yeah. So, but it is truly an iconic dance number like if there was ever you know i think of like the dance in pulp fiction or like dance at the gym and west side story mm-hmm. and like this is in that like oscar montage absolutely those shoes the just like the the the, the nerdy little moves like it's the commitment <laughs> the the look on his face that kind of like beaky look that he gets he just Ugh. it is so funny and so stupid and it doesn't make any sense but i Oh, but I don't question it at all. It's like, of course, of course, Pee Wee would be the one to win over a biker bar with a with a interpretive dance to the song Tequila. Yep, it's so perfect. I remember doing it as a when I was a kid. I would just like run around the house doing that because it's yeah, it's, it's such a takeaway of like something that you were able to do and make your own at the same time. 
And I can't mm-hmm. not hear that song and think of that moment. You can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you. And I at some point, I guess it will release it on like the Patreon or whatever on All Right, Mary. But we, you know, we did. We banked an episode for The Sandlot uh, earlier this month. And there, the te- tequila is used. And wait. The Sandlot you are familiar with, or is this yes, all Greek to you? Very so yeah. the scene when they go to the carnival and they eat the dip oh, and they all get they nauseous, yep. that I believe is all set to tequila as well. So I do think of that no as well. Way. I'm pretty sure it's that scene. But I think of this first. This would be the first shot. Yeah, yeah. I want that, like, I want it framed, like him on the bar. Like, yep. Just, like, somewhere in my house. With those pointy <laughs> little shoes, with it, like, on yeah, the toes, the like, tiptoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I love it. And then like the next shot is of him. Like they've got a vest on him. They're putting him on a bike. Like they're all just happy to see him go. I laughed so hard. <laughs> Same. When he drove through that sign and just like flops on the ground. I <laughs> died. That was so fucking funny. Yeah, I totally agree. Because he acts so tough. He's like, well, guys, I got to go. And then he, he like. <laughs> starts the motorcycle and they all cheer and then he just like dies and i think that's then i feel like he's back in wherever he's from is he from california it feels that way i don't know i think that's the idea i feel like he's probably in california because he well he goes to the hospital and that's where he has that crazy hospital dream you're right you're right with the clowns which and the music i mean my God. god the music during this clown dream the hospital clown dream is oh my god haunting brilliant oh my god it's just so good oh yeah i think this was probably the scariest montage and besides large marge this is this is number two for me yeah it's like he's like watching them and like they're taking the bike parts and like there are devils dancing around yeah like it well and it's interesting because it's like i think there's so many like genius things we've done here because the dream if you think about it he had, you know, chained his bike to a clown and oh, and right. uh, now here's these clowns who are playing the doctors and he had probably just maybe somewhat experienced just seeing doctors and uh, the devil is played by Francis. Yes. Oh, you you're know? so right. And so it's like there's those little details. I think another little detail that I love that's kind of like an act one into act two gun is like Andy's wearing a red shirt and then Andy chases Pee-wee into the bull ring and then the bull seizes a red shirt and goes after him. And so it's just like planting those little details or after Pee-wee discovers that his bike is stolen, when he goes back to the bike shop, he falls and knocks over the line of bikes. And then later at the, at the bar, he knocks over the lot, the, the row of bike of motorcycles. Oh yeah. I mean, it's almost like an Almardovian red, you know, because at the yeah. end, Dottie's in a red dress too. It's so perfect. Yeah. It's just, it's these little, like, there's just, I think there's a lot of like, I feel like they were following that book to a T and it was like, make sure you plant something early on that shows up later. It just, yep. uh. um, so anyway, while he's at the hospital, that's when he sees that his bike is being used, you know, on a sound stage to film some, you know, some terrible show starring the older brother from the wonder years and Wayne. Wayne, and now he's got to go to the sound stage. Uh, and this, they don't, we don't ever find out how he gets it, where he was, and where he, how he ends up in in Hollywood. But I didn't care. I was like, get that bike, get it. Oh yeah. my gosh! And like the whole movie, like the rescuing of the bike, like 
you look <laughs> he he just walks on the set and like all of it they pan over to like what's his name? his name is jason hervey who plays yeah. wayne the older brother but he's such an asshole on this set too but i kind of love it that the yeah. kid's like kind of dictating because he's a bigger star than everyone this is probably how it is um and then yeah. they pan back over to the nuns and Wee's the second nun from the left oh <laughs> the my left. god i mean i the the absolute again i laughed so hard when peewee says i'm gonna start a paper route right now and gets on the bike and rides away oh my god the timing of it like everything about that was just yeah the kickstand (laughs) kickstand just him in a nun's costume like it was just so like i'm gonna start a paper route right now and then just left and i just i i it's just so funny it's and it really is and as he's escaping here on the bike, you know, because this is a movie worth a rewatch, the score has elements of the Wizard of Oz score, which I yep. think is really interesting. I yeah, that too. The dun, 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 yeah, but it's and like I love slightly that. modified. Yes, right. And I and it like I and I think they're very much these are all very much intentional references. But it's like it also somehow makes sense to me that this score would have references to other movies because I think everything in this is kind of like a reference to i don't know it just makes sense it makes sense that like i don't know it, it's a movie that's slightly self-aware and so it makes sense that the score is slightly self-aware oh for sure i mean you get a taste of like every kind of movie as he's on this bike too you get like the beach like those beach movies from the 50s you yeah get, like, godzilla you get like a christmas movie uh it's it's so perfect and tarzan mm-hmm. you know all i mean him swinging on that vine oh yeah (laughs) yeah as a kid i always thought about him clutching the bike between his legs same i was like wow he has really powerful thighs (laughs) right right i couldn't do that on my huffy you know so oh the huffy oh yeah i mean you're right like as and that chase is just incredible that that chase is so much fun and it is it, it it goes through all these different like movie sets and all these different scenarios and I mean, I love when like when the one guy like gets into the boat to chase after him. Like, it's just so stupid. Yep. Oh yeah, and there's that like for some reason it was like a core memory. <clears throat> excuse me for me with the, um, the like the '80s like music video, like with oh. that, that guy. I don't know who he is or who he's like supposed to be, or maybe he's just like a fictional character. But I was like, yes, this part. Oh, so that was D. Snyder of Twisted That's what Sister. I thought. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yeah. Which I think also the fact that like. D. Snyder is in this. I just yep. think that's so cool. Ugh. I know it's perfect. It's so great. Uh, and and because you know because this was getting towards the end of the movie, and I was like, did I imagine the pet store scene? But then, as he's escaping, that's when he comes across the pet store on fire. Same. I thought it came way earlier than that. I was like, oh, it happens now. Almost could have cut that scene to be honest, but I'm glad they didn't because it's perfect. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, is is what happens? He goes to save the animals, and then the bike gets stolen again. Like, I wasn't yeah. sure what was going to happen. Uh, but, I mean, nobody worried. Does does the dog? No one dies. No animals are no harmed. Um, but I love the bit of him just, like, each time being like, oh, the snakes, not yet. You know, I just, just like the face, the, the face acting of him every time he went back in into the store to look at the snakes. Yeah, it's like Ace Ventura is afraid of bats. It's like mm-hmm. his one sort of kryptonite. And I love that this was Pee Wee's kryptonite too, but he did it. And then oh. he screams and passes out at the end. 
Oh my god! Which is so funny because we saw him scream and pass out when his bike got stolen. So we know that Pee Wee oh like gosh, screams right. and passes out. And fun fact: Paul Rubens in real life is terrified of snakes, and so like this was like a real reaction, basically. I kind of love that. I love that. Ugh, and and that I mean, that, and I guess that kind of ends up being the climax of the movie because uh, he, you know, he gets basically you know called into the studio executive's office who's like you know peewee i think your story is really inspiring and i want to turn it into a movie and which is like again it's like a i love that there we're like another layer of like self-awareness is like now here we're going to see the hollywood version of what you just saw oh and it's so perfect like because it's it's not obviously peewee that stars in it but the scene where he plays the guy like at the hotel is so perfect Oh my, I love every time he like peewee like glances at the camera, you know, like like being aware of the camera. It's yeah. such a great detail. And then he like he was like out of the frame, but then he like just slowly gets in between the mm-hmm. two of them. Yeah. It's so funny. And of course in this version, he's played by James Brolin and Mr. Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Uh, yes. Streisand, 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 right? Like, like sand, sand on, on the, the beach. Be- like sand yes. on the beach, not sinned like what I did when I was a Catholic. Yeah. That's right. Uh, uh, and then Morgan Fairchild instead yes. of E.G. Daly, Elizabeth Daly. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's so great too because we see just sort of like a recap of like everyone who he's met along the way and how they're. I love that they're all at the drive in. I love that they're not like at a movie theater. I think it's so perfect. And yeah. honestly, it like gives them the space for him to kind of walk by and give everyone snacks. That is something that has always stuck with me as a kid is like, oh my God, he's distributing all of those snacks to all those people. Like, what's he going to have left? Because of course I want a lot of snacks, you know? He's a giver. And I feel like, I think he's like finally left with the milk duds or something. That he might yeah. Give yeah. Oh, I love when she calls him PW. I think that's so oh, adorable. I oh. know they are really cute together. I swear there were a couple times where she called him like, peepers or peewee or something or peepee it sounded like i was like does she just call him peepee or maybe i'm crazy i don't know i had a couple she, drinks last night yeah she's got a little bit of a i feel like she's got a little bit of a wawa kind of baba walters kind yeah, of voice. yeah yeah so something's I, going on there yeah which is part of the charm i love it yes yeah i love her and yeah, and they watch, you know, and it's a yeah, they all watch, you know, the the hollywood version of peewee's big adventure and then peewee and dotty you know, right off, right in front of the, the screen. I never understood what that was, whether well, silhouettes across the movie screen, but they ride off together. Um, and that's it. And that's Pee-wee's big adventure. Uh, I mean, truly so glad that we recap this. I know I say it often, and most of the time I do mean it, but this is something that I... I would totally buy this movie. I would love... To, especially now, like, having a better appreciation for just how incredibly talented and committed and funny and just like the risks that Paul Rubens was taking in this movie. I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I know they'll probably honor him, you know, in the, in memoriam, but like, I wish there was, I mean, we'll give him, he'll, he'll be at the Westons this year. He will be. Absolutely. He will be recognized at the Westons. And, uh, you know, I can say Pee Wee, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, like the Pee Wee Christmas special is a high recommend <gasps> for the holidays. Yes, Kate uh, was talking about that. She said she loved and I had never seen it. So I uh, we have to maybe we'll cover that as an episode. That would be great. Yeah, we we had uh, talked about it like 
last year or the year before in All Right, Mary, and it was the first time I'd ever seen it. So, like, I am ready to, like, make it a tradition and talk about it. This Because yes. it is full of guests. Like, it oh is. Oh, my God. Like, you will lose your mind, the guests who are on. Okay. Pee-wee's no holiday more. special. You will lose your mind. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he is he is a queen, and I'm so happy that he got to be part of uh, Family Movie Month on the Best Supporting Podcast. Uh, me too. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I don't know if you know this, but we are uh we are we're actually being played off. I know that you were trying to listen to reason, but we are I'm trying <laughs> to listen to reason. I can't do peewee. That's just like a bad Neither could, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's yeah. so hard. But I just love that I'm trying to listen to reason. Oh, uh, with Francis. Yes. With Francis towards the beginning. But we are, in fact, listening to Danny Elfman's perfect score because the orchestra is playing us off. Uh, I hope it's not the scary part. I hope it's just no. know, some breakfast montage music or something. I think, I think I hear breakfast food music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. All right. Uh, well, where can, other than on, you know, Smith Valley Lake, where can folks find more of you? <laughs> They can uh, listen to my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you can find more of me on All Right Mary. Uh, we are taking a little bit of a, a, a break this month, certainly from Drag Race. And I think we're going to have a couple free episodes this week, but everything else will be on Patreon. So this is a great month to become a Patreon at All Right Mary. Um, this is a great month to become a Patreon on the Best Supporting Podcast. That's right. You could also find me on Instagram, Drucker underscore, and you can find more of both of us at BSA Pod on Instagram. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And keep your peewee peepers peeled because the best supporting <laughs> after show is coming just around the corner. We got a little catch up to do today. We have updates. We have things to talk about. And if you want to hear them and you want to hear this episode earlier than you normally would, and you just want to pay five bucks a month to do all that every single week, an extra episode every single week, you just go to patreon.com slash BSA pod. Yeah. Get on over there, folks. Yeah. Uh, well, Dottie, I think it's time for us to get into our pre-owned lease Toyota Tercels and make our way to the Alamo. Ooh. It's, it's the only thing I remember these days, truly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go have some corn tortillas. Yeah. And yeah. Adobe. Yeah. And can you say Adobe? <laughs> Great software. I use Adobe Truly, uh, yeah. Acrobat all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can say Adobe. Not not cheap. Not cheap. No. Um, but that, as they say, is that. Is that.